Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Barty Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. This morning on Why It Matters, we are talking about the quality of ESG data. Yep. Uh, the US Securities and Exchange Commission recently voted to move a proposal forward that will require publicly traded companies to disclose the financial risks that they face from climate change. And these rules aim to bring corporate obligations for the disclosure of climate risk levels with the requirements for disclosure of other forms of financial risks as well. So, we are, I mean, we can all agree that this is kind of long overdue yeah. and it's a very critical step when it comes to ensuring that investors have access to information about the investment risks faced from the climate. It's not something we are completely familiar with in this region, although fair to say it's changing very fast. Yep, CDP, a global nonprofit organization that runs an environmental disclosure system for companies, has officially launched its office in Singapore. Question is, what can be done to encourage ESG disclosures among companies here and in the region? We're joined now by John Leung, Director, Southeast Asia and Oceania from CDP. Good morning, John. Good morning, everybody. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Now, CDP used to be known as the Carbon Disclosure Project. You're an international nonprofit and the world's environmental disclosure system for companies, subnational governments as well. Tell us more about the scope of your work in terms of encouraging companies and even, you know, as a start, raising awareness of such issues among corporates. Yes, uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Uh, CDP has been going since 2000 and we've been at the forefront of disclosure since then and pretty much the gold standard. Uh, right now, encourage uh, disclosure on climate change, water security and deforestation. Uh, globally, we have 13,000 companies that respond to our climate change questionnaires, forest and water questionnaires in 2021. And that's growing uh, rapidly from the less sub 9,000 in 2020. We have uh, 1,100 city-states and regions also disclosed to CDP. And uh, what that means in terms of market cap, we cover about 64% of the world's market cap through that disclosure. And within our supply chain disclosure as well, we have about 5.5 trillion in combined purchasing power. We also uh, have investor signatories, financial institutions that uh, politely uh, ask their uh, portfolio companies to disclose it's on a voluntary basis, not mandatory. And uh, 680 plus institutions, including the likes of GIC and East Springs that you'll be familiar with in this market, uh, they have over 130 million in assets under management. So uh, we're really, really promising to see that growth in disclosure mm. and uh, the reason why we're here in Singapore now and just recently set up an office is, is to try and create that momentum that we've had in North America and Europe uh, and UK and really bring it to Asia and, and drive home the importance of disclosure. Well, it is important and the quality of the kind of disclosure is just as important. What are some of the biggest hurdles when it comes to the quality of ESG disclosure? Can technology help in this aspect, the access to the right kind of data? Absolutely, absolutely. We've seen over the last uh, past year uh, the rise in sustainable technology. So you, you had this trend with fintech and now you, you're seeing sustainable tech. You're seeing uh, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, MAS, come out with the uh, green print 
uh, plan, and uh, that is a platform which will involve technology. Um, I was with the SGX yesterday, and, and they're also looking at te technology. We've seen uh, plenty of startups that are trying to automate uh, the ability to disclose and capture information and make it less onerous for uh, CFOs and, and uh, chief sustainability officers in terms of disclosure. It's, it's quite a complex uh, matter in terms of the collection of data. As, uh, our questionnaires are over, very detailed and over 100 questions long. Mm -hmm. So um, it's great to see the uh, application of technology. Uh, CDP recently, we've done a global deal with Boston Consulting Group for one of their platforms to help disclose on product level scope three. It's called CO2.ai. So yeah, I come from a technology background, so very valuable to, to bring that technology, AI and machine learning into the system, especially when it comes to supply chain and being able to measure your scope three. While technology can facilitate the process and make all of it easier and more accessible, mm. how would you assess the level of awareness and will to want to do this, to want to be more upfront about these things and to want to understand ESG issues in general among companies here in Singapore? Because I was just looking at the numbers and the ESG disclosure rate in Singapore is quite dismal. Only 21 companies have responded so far. Yes, that's 21 listed companies, and uh, it, it is low, and hence I go back to why we, we're standing up our APAC office here and the Singapore office here, um, which we announced a couple of weeks ago. We're very cognizant of the fact that uh, disclosure rates across Asia-Pacific are, are, uh, are probably sub-30% in terms of response, and probably a little bit lower in, in Singapore. Um, you know, it, it's, it's something that I think uh, companies are starting to look at now, we, we've seen uh, new chief sustainability officers at DBS, we've seen new chief sustainability officer at East Springs. Uh, the momentum shifting after COP26 um, last year, I guess the focus has always been traditionally on, on profit and what we're seeing now mm. is the, tri the triple bottom line of profit, people and planet. Been, there's data out there to prove that if you're more sustainable in your practices, you actually over the long term become more profitable. Uh, there's a momentum shift since COP27. There's a more global uh, awareness of what we're trying to achieve as a as a as a planet, as opposed to an individual company, and how all interlinked we are. So it's slowly uh, but surely happening, and you'll see a lot more disclosure going forward next year. I have to congratulate people like Razor for voluntarily disclosing uh, to us, and uh, you'll see the growing investor signatories like GIC putting. Uh, that those type of investors, um, you know, mandate not mandating, but you know, voluntary asking their companies to portfolio to disclose. And SGX have made it mandatory. They announced yeah. that in December, as you may have read. Um, so they're encouraging uh, CCFT disclosure for for all their listed companies. And uh, so it's coming. So companies must disclose, and will have to disclose, as you um, talked about the SEC regulation that's uh, going to be approved in the US, or hopefully be approved soon in the US. You'll be regulated. Companies will be regulated out of existence if they don't disclose. Mm. That's that's the uh, the ultimatum, really. John, a bit of a two-parter here. Um, first one is, you know how sometimes companies, when they put up this position of a chief sustainability officer, there's criticism that you know, it's a bit for show. In your opinion, do you have one particular company you think is doing it right? And also to to add on to that, which part of the region, which country in the region do you think is really leading the way in this? Well, I have to give credit to Esther and at CDL, who, in terms of our scoring, we score uh, companies from D minus to A. And she 
CDL has consistently been at the top of their game, city developments, and they score an A in climate change and an A in water security. But it's not just something that happens overnight. It's been a long journey for that company and, and their practice of sustainability, eco-friendly building, buildings, and their policies and, and the way they operate throughout the whole company, the whole ethos of the company. It's been a journey for the last you know, more than 10, 12 years. And she's been at the forefront for that. So I would say CDL is, is the leading light uh, in, in that respect. The double A score in Singapore, and you have other good companies sure. like Singtel, mm. that is A, a minus and, and catching up rapidly. Okay, okay. And region wise, uh, or country in the region? Well, in my region, obviously, you know, it's a big region, Southeast Asia and uh, Australia and New Zealand, which we call Oceania. So I would say uh, uh, certain companies in Australia are, 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 are very ahead, and uh, a couple of companies in Singapore, but we, we have more disclosure in. Um, places like Malaysia and, and mm. Indonesia, obviously, they're much bigger markets. Right, right. So I don't want to pick out any particular one country. The, <laughs> the emphasis is it's not a competition, uh, even though we score like it is. Some people interpret it that way. It's very really much about the journey mm. uh, to get to A, which means you are on top of your game, which means you are showing leadership in, 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 in the race to net zero, being uh, carbon neutral. So it's really about the journey. All right, John. Now, here's the thing. Uh, last year, the International Financial Reporting Standards Foundation, I understand, announced it would be working on establishing global sustainability reporting standards. There's not just environmental, but the SG uh, part of the equation as well. So we're looking at several things, voluntary frameworks and standards, national legislation and a global standard. What is the plan for harmonizing all of these pillars that that is an excellent question. I, I, will we ever get to a global standard? I I just think that's too it's a little bit uh, too complicated at, at this stage. They are defining standards like TCFD uh, that was agreed at with G20 level. There are there are other standards that uh, you know and frameworks. And I think you, you're starting to see a push for that kind of towards that harmonisation when you see the, the SEC in the US announce what they want to try and achieve in mandatory disclosure. So it's easier to start a, to, to target the listed companies because they're all disclosing on a financial basis. So it's easier to, to impose TCFD disclosure frameworks within that. And I guess it, I guess it starts there with the, with the biggest companies and the biggest emitters, and you'll see that kind of level of consistency and come through in the next couple of years. Will we ever have a, a truly single global standard? I, I think we regulate to... Reg, reg, Regulation is too complicated in terms of individual country regulation to, to have that. But uh, there will be a general level of consistency. It's a tough question to answer. Uh, I, can't, I can't see the future that far ahead. Mm. <laughs> the CDP has recently signed an MOU with MAS. Uh, John, could you tell us a bit more about this? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and it's uh, probably one of the first in its kind. And very grateful to MAS and, and, uh, and my team to be able to put that together. Well, MS is a, has a project Greenprint, which is the exchange of information and ESG, ESG data, and uh, to provide consistency and, and to provide analysis across all the companies within Singapore. So um, it's really about implementing capacity build program for corporates and financial institutions on climate disclosure. So we're an advisor. Generally, we're non-advisory. We don't advise to corporates or, or companies, but to to regulators, we do provide an advisory service on, in terms of framework and how how uh, the quality of ESG data from financial sector that affect economies, and then uh, advice advisory on the leveraging technology 
and how corporates can measure and monitor their ESG performance. Our motto is, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So uh, collaborating with MAS is, is, is vitally important to be able to create that uh, ability to uh, bring, in, bring in the data uh, on a platform uh, consistently, 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 sorry. <laughs> it's early in the morning, John, don't worry. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> but yes, so it's a strong signal uh, to provide world-class infrastructure for organisations and really play an active part in helping Singapore's green plan and achieving net zero by 2050, which was recently announced. Let's get down to the micro level, John. Okay. I mean, I've spoken to a number of corporates who say that it's very difficult to find talent in this arena. So they might have a chief sustainability officer. But then, you know, you need much more than that in order to make all of this more authentic, more real and to actually hit those standards, right, in a way that is beneficial to the corporate as well as the country and the planet. So tell me more about how an organization like yours or what other resources there might be for capacity building programs in corporates and in financial institutions as well. And education and awareness, taking care of that part too. Many NGOs out there that uh, offer capacity building, including ourselves, and we're part of a uh, SPT. Uh, I'll just give you an example, science-based targets. Uh, so science-based target initiatives, we partner with WWF, WRI, and UN, and ourselves as founding members. And that's really uh, an initiative that sort of takes what, when you've disclosed and you kind of know where you are on your, on your climate plans, it's kind of what is the next step in, in action. So, so you develop a, a science-based target uh, framework and we, we educate people on that. We, we educate people in CCFD. We are able to build that capacity. And uh, we generally, when it comes to our disclosure of, of our, our questionnaire, we, we don't charge. You know, it, it's basically we, we provide that capacity building and we'll partner with people at MAS to provide that capacity building education around disclosure and what it means to disclose and, and uh, you know, how to move on from that as well in, in terms of define, having a defined plan. In terms of talent that you mentioned, yes, the, it's, it's a bit like fintech a few years ago. Where's the talent? Um, it's mm. the same with, with, with sustainability. And uh, for me, I, I, I didn't come from that background, but I had a very strong interest in that background. And it's about being able to provide transferable skills. And uh, I'd say to anybody that wants to get into this into this space, uh, you know, go for it. Don't be don't be fright, afraid that you don't have the right qualifications. To me, to me, it's, it's qualification, skills, and attitude. But the big the biggest factor and that is attitude and it's a bit like ESG you know E is the most important thing out of ESG right the environment really covers everything around social governance and so I would say attitude is the most important thing and there's a growing talent pool and yes CSOs do have uh, a resource issue but the CSOs now today report directly to the board at board level to CEO level that's how important it is and um, and it's and uh, it, there's plenty of uh, training materials and courses and education uh, out there. And uh, given the position that we are as an NGO, we have uh, so much information that we will happily share online. And that's free and uh, for learning. Thanks very much. We've been speaking with John Leong, who is Director Southeast Asia and Oceania for CDP. John, appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe. Thank you very much. Be a pleasure. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.